Hello, mighty people of the Most High Magnificent God. This is Heather Miller, and I've come to bring you a word today. It's going to be a little bit long, so just hold in there with me. I have several places I want to read from. Um, I'm going to be reading out of Luke 12:16 on out to uh, wherever it ends. <laughs> I think it's around uh, verse 27. Proverbs 3, 5 through 10, Romans 1, Joel 2, um, really all of Joel. I think I'm going to read that on my other um, pod. It's not a separate podcast, but it's going to be on uh, simply the word. I'm going to read the whole book of Job. Um, But before I get started, I wanted to pray over you and over me. This is a little bit of a tough word to deliver because, you know, the word that I have is a rebuke. Um, but even in this rebuke, for some of you, it's a rebuke. Others of you will find, um, you'll find encouragement because it's the same thing God's been laying on your heart. So, uh, the best thing that we can have is a father God who will correct us. The word tells us that he chastens whom he loves and despise not the correction of the Lord. So if you find this podcast to be a little bit gritty for you or a little bit tough to get through, um, Just know that God loves you. He wants to keep us lined up with His will rather than getting our focus off on these worldly things. And that's a good thing. Aren't you thankful that you have a Father like that? He's a good God. So, Father God, I come to you on behalf of myself, on behalf of those that are listening. Lord God, I ask that you would soften our hearts to line up and our minds to line up with your thoughts in your mind towards everything that's going on around us in this world and that we would not get our focus off lord that we would keep our goals oriented with your goals that they would line up and work together that we would not be walking in stubbornness or in our own willful thinking i thank you father Lord God, for those who have needs today, whether they be physical needs, they need healing, they need financial miracles. Um, uh, Lord, for those who have given up things that uh, they could have easily had if they would have just gone against your will, that the enemy was trying to entice them off to other places that was not your will. Lord, I ask that you would provide for them in miraculous ways and that you shine your light down on them. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Father. And that you keep my mouth, Lord God, that you would keep my mouth, that you would open my mouth, and that you would shut my mouth according to your will and purpose today. In Jesus' name, amen. I kind of went in a direction there. It's like I see people out there who have given up maybe jobs or opportunities or different things that they had in mind, goals, um, even education goals, different things that they were wanting that they gave up for the sake of the kingdom. They gave up for the sake of the call of God for doing the things that he, he was wanting them to do or just simply God shutting it down and saying, no, this is not the direction I have for you. Uh, so whatever that was that was enticing you, uh, to, to go against the true will of God in your life. Know that God is going to restore that. Know that God has a different plan, and that's all going to come into fruition in your life. So um, I think that is a word for somebody out there, frankly. So anyways, I wanted to get started here. 
and I wanted to talk about barns. Today we're going to be talking about the barns. Well, interesting, Heather. What are you talking about? Well, um, I come across a, um, I come across some kind of a thing I saw on, on a YouTube channel. It was a phrase, and um, you know there is a lot of people out there in panic mode, uh, <laughs> in prepper mode, and. Uh, homestead mode, you know, those are, you know, homesteading is just something that I, I grew up that way, um, but a lot of people are going back to those ways, and that's a good way, you know, we can all grow our own food to support our families, even in your backyard, you know, those are good things to know, but um, there are such troublesome times upon us that we can see some of these things that are coming, Many people can see it, Christians and non-Christians alike, okay? You don't have to be a Christian to, to see it. And um, unfortunately, even a lot of Christians today don't see the purpose in, in, in trying to go back to the ways of our fathers or, or grandfathers, really grandfathers and grandmothers and living in a more self-sustaining lifestyle. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's not what I'm here to, to harp on today. But um, what I'm here to talk about, or what the Lord has put on my heart, is barns. And that there are people today that are not serving God. That they think they can store up enough in their barn and they'll be just fine. And that's what I'm here to talk about. Um, now, please don't misunderstand me. I've said this many times. I don't see how anybody could misunderstand me because I try to say things as directly as I can. I'm not always the best communicator, but I try, okay? If you are following the instruction of God and He has told you and given you specific instructions, I talked about this on the last podcast. If you are in obedience to God, stand firm in that obedience. Stand firm in your faith that He is the one, okay, guiding you. You can rest on His word, okay, in His instruction. Just as sure as as Noah uh, rested assured that he was doing the right thing when he was building this big boat out in the middle of dry land. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, rest assured. Be, be, be confident in what God has spoken to you. That's what I'm trying to say, okay? So this is not a, a dog on people who, who are um, preparing for tough times to come that's not what this is. If you're out there growing a garden and you've got, you know, your garden boxes growing and you're learning all these things and you've got a greenhouse or you've got whatever you've got going on, I'm not dogging on you about that. But I have a, I have a bone to pick and so does the Lord with people who think that that and that alone will save them. It's something that come to my mind is, you know, to live in the days of Noah, it's very fascinating, isn't it? Jesus said it would be as in the days of Noah. There was a lot going on. Um, the earth was corrupted. It was corrupted in so many ways that should be looked into and studied. But 
most of it is just come down to it's just sin. Just as plain as simple as, as that. I mean, you can rabbit trail off of that, you know. But well, it's, what it come down to was just sin. Sin of the fallen angels uh, corrupting mankind and mankind going along with false uh, lies from those fallen beings and then it just domino effect and it, it was a domino effect and it just infected the whole human or the whole earth it just sin people didn't want to turn away from their sin it's just as simple as that and they continued and continued and continued in their sin and we see the same thing today and something that came to my mind is I thought you know you know there had to be people during the flood. You know there had to be. Because it's just human instinct survival is to grab whatever is floating nearby. Whether it's a tree limb or a piece of wood or, or a raft or just something floating around in the water. Climb to the nearest high point during a flood. Okay? Everybody's going to do it. You know, if, if, if a ship sinks, people are going to climb to the highest points of that ship as they're sinking. As the ship is sinking. That's, that is just our basic survival instincts. Even animals are going to do that. But what purpose was it? There's no raft or floating log or anything like that that saved them from God's ultimate judgment upon them. And you see a lot of people today. Boy, this sounds gloomy. It is a gloomy old podcast you've got going on here. Yeah, it is. It's a little gloomy, but it gets better. So just hang in there with me. Don't turn it off. Listen to me, okay? Because when the rubber meets the road, the main thing that God's been trying to say to people forever, okay? Decades and decades just in America, and just recently, decades can, seven decades ago is just recently <laughs> in God's time. It's just right here. We're in the last hour, okay? He's been trying to tell people, come to me. I will be your substance. I will be your food. I will be your drink. I am the bread of life. I am your safety. I am your covering. He's been saying that for a long time. And yet people still would not come to him. They still wanted to lean unto their own understanding. Save themselves. That's what they want to do. Because for some reason, there's a mental block in these human beings that... God isn't actually real to them. Now I'm going to get into what I mean by that, okay? Um, God isn't real to them, tangible, like they've not seen him show up in their life in a, in a, in a tangible way. They've not seen the manifestation of God showing up in a way that they could grab hold of, and he does. For every person in this Bible, right? In this Bible, every person that had an encounter with God, it was real and tangible. Okay? It wasn't just them going to the synagogue and hearing somebody speak to them about God. Now, that's going to get up under a lot of people's skin, but let it. 
It wasn't just them hearing about God. That There are people in this Bible that these stories are written on that had an, a real tangible encounter with God, which has been knocked a lot lately. I'm not going to go there, okay? That's real. When we have an experience with God that cannot be denied, like you know it in your soul. You, 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 no matter what you do, you can't unknow what you experienced with God. Nobody can move you from that rock once that has happened. Change your whole life, okay? Change your whole life. Um, that's the kind of delivering power I'm talking about when I'm talking about get in the ark. You know? I'm telling you something, some of these people, I just want to knock them upside the head and knock them out and pull them in the ark with me. (laughs) I can't do that. I can't do that. They have to do it themselves. They have to get up under the covering that is in Christ in this last hour. Because that's your only hope. He's made it that way in this last hour so that he could be your only hope. He wants us to put all of our hope in him. Hallelujah. All of it. Not some of it. Not hope in him in case everything else falls through. You see what I'm saying? So we have people today that they have a a knowledge of God. Or maybe they, they grew up with the knowledge of Christianity and they're all about what it has to offer. And it's a good way to live, you know, a good moral way to uh, abide by the general rules of Christianity. Um, just kind of loosely in their life. And they'll say, oh, yes, I believe in Jesus. But they don't really serve Jesus. They haven't had an encounter, a real encounter with God. They're not walking in the power of God. They just like the idea of what Christianity offers as as far as its blessings and its general rules of thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not kill. And, you know, they like that framework around their life because it makes them feel comfortable, but they're really not saved. Those are the people I'm talking to. I hope this gets out there to some of them. Okay. And love America, love all that, you know, all that. I, I, you know, I love freedom and I love America too. I really love Texas, you know, but it's not going to save me, okay? Only being a kingdom citizen of this great and mighty God is going to save me in my household. He is my only hope. Wow. So I'm talking to those people. I'm talking to people that have a... Um, they honor him with their mouth, but their hearts are far from him. And good old American flag waving, gun toting, Second Amendment believing people that think that they gonna save themselves with their food stores and their ammo. And I've been talking about this a lot. I have talked about this several times in in my my uh, podcasts recently in the last year. I think it's because. That's that's a group of people that God has put on my heart to reach them for Christ. I think the worst um, I think the worst thing is to think that you're saved and then find out when you die or when Jesus returns to this earth that you were never saved. I think that's terrible because it's like a trick, you know. 
There's people out there today that they know they don't serve the Christian God. They don't even believe in that. And those people are going to live by the laws that they live by in their own life. That's what they're expected to do. But for those who have knowledge of God, yet they have not really surrendered themselves. They haven't got down on their knees and said, I can't do this. Lord, it's only going to be you. I had a story like that when I was younger on a smaller scale. I had a beautiful baby boy. His name's Jacob. I'm very proud of him. I'm going to tell you something about him in a minute. But I was pregnant with Jacob. And put a long story short, everybody turned their back on me. When I say everybody, I mean everybody. I had one friend, but she couldn't help me, you know, tangibly anyway. She was a kid too. She's 19, 20. And um, I was living with my aunt, my great aunt. And um, I was like six months pregnant when I stepped outside under the stars one night. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I looked up at the stars and I told the Lord, I said, I can't do this. I have no place to lay my baby's head when he's born. Only you can do this, Lord. I don't know what to do. And from the minute that I surrendered my own efforts, my own efforts, see, up to that point, I had been desperately trying to dig myself out of this um, situation I got myself into by my own efforts. But the Lord was waiting for me to surrender. And from that moment forward, He provided everything. Everything. And, for, and, and by the day that my precious angel was born, I had there wasn't one, literally one thing, name it, that I wanted for. I had my own little apartment. It was a little duplex. It was so cute. Had roses out in front of it. It was really cute. I mean, not only did He provide, He provided something that I was just, tickled about. It was the cutest um, old duplex built in the 1950s. New paint, new carpet. Everything in there was old and dated, but it was like brand new, like it was teleported from the 1970s. <laughs> it's really cute. And I put all my little things in there. I moved in there and God provided everything. That's a story, a very personal story of mine. Okay. Um, that's the way it needs to be today. It's the same thing as what I pump myself up. David preached to himself, right? As I say, I don't know how this is going to happen, but it's not going to be me. The dreams and the visions and the, the things that you have that you're trying to accomplish that God has put a vision in your mind, it's not coming from you, my love. It's not going to come from you. Lay down your own efforts. Surrender. Give up. Okay? give up. Say, I can't do this, Lord. But you can. Something powerful happens when you do that. Because see, from that moment forward, only God gets the glory. You don't have any bragging rights anymore. You can't say to your friends, you can't say to your family, look at how strong I am. Look at all I accomplished. Look at what I did. You can't do that anymore. So when they look at you and they say, oh, wow, you really, you really did a lot. You accomplished a lot. You can say, oh, no, you don't understand. God did it. That's powerful. That is powerful. 
And that's a, that's a great place to be, okay? So I went there for a minute. But talking about barns, all these people, they think they can stash up a barn full of stuff and that that is what's going to be, it's gonna sustain them. They feel so tough and they feel so, um, what's the word? Cocky, I guess. They feel like, um, look at all those dumb people out there. Look how, look how wise and savvy I am. Look at what I did and I'm not going down. I'm, I'm gonna be just fine. Oh, you can hear the arrogance in that, can't you? Pride cometh before fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. But here's the word right here. It's back in 2019 when I had that vision. Ooh, it was powerful. I couldn't tell it for a long time. I cried. I would tell it to people, and sometimes they would cry. Um, God's not playing. He was going to bring his judgment. Well, ironically, well, times were good back then. 2019, the economy was booming. Everything looked great, okay? That's why I know it came from the Lord. So, um, when he said what he said, and then it was um, put on my heart, you know, it was like, um, we need to repent. That was the word of that season. It was repent. Uh, uh, make way for the Lord. Um the Lord, that's that's the word that John the Baptist preached before Jesus' first return. It was, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, and that's been the word of this season too. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand for his second coming. You see, it's the same word, repent. And God is so good. He's been doing a lot of wonderful miracles in people's lives. But let me finish my point was that people think they can save themselves with their own efforts. And you can't you cannot exalt yourself above the judgment of God. If you didn't put the blood of the lamb over your doorpost of your heart, you think you can build a raft to escape the flood and not be in the ark? Oh no, it doesn't work like that. So all those that are so confident in all that they have stored up, some of these people have 30 years, 40 years of food and supplies and ammo, water, and just about anything you could imagine. Some of these people have convex boxes full of stuff. I mean, might have three or four of them. There's so many things people uh, they, they're getting ready for what they, you know, for what's coming, but they're not getting ready in their heart. You can't skirt around what God has come in upon those that refused to bow the knee. And a lot of these people doing this, they are haughty and they're looking down their nose at the single mom that lives in the apartment. Or they're looking down their nose at everyone else in society. Um, some of the sweetest little grandmas that live in these um, uh, elderly homes. These, um, uh, uh, what's it called? The little apartments they live in that, you know, um, for elderly people. You know, they don't care about anybody. They don't care about those people. They don't care about anybody. But looking out for themselves. And you think God's going to honor that? You think God doesn't see that? He sees. 
his eyes are open and he sees. This is something that come to me recently. Do you know how people are always accusing God? You don't ever hear them accuse the devil. They accuse God. Well, if God is real, right, why does he allow all of this evil? Well, if God is real, why doesn't he? You see what I'm saying? Interesting. But whenever God brings his judgment, they hate him even more. They hate him even more. You know? God is going to provide for those who are willing to line up with his full and total will. Um, He is going to provide for you, man and woman of God, that your heart is not just for you. Your heart is for God's will. That you're going to open your doors up to many sojourners. There's missionaries out there today that they haven't been able to stock up on stores and food and and such. They haven't been able to pursue their own selfish wants on this earth. They've just been going from one country to another, preaching the gospel, trusting God for their future. Yeah, they gave up a lot. Intelligent people. God is looking out for them. And he's going to use some of you out there to do it. Did you know that? Maybe that sounds condescending to some, and I don't mean it to. But I really get aggravated with the selfishness that it seems to be celebrated today in some of these so-called groups of people. Um, it really is. It's disgusting. It is. It's disgusting. Because here's, here's the thing. What if you held out all the way to the bitter end and, and then Jesus split the sky open and there you are standing in front of him and all you can show is all you did was look out for yourself. Well, now you got God to, to contend with. Now you, you still got to face him. What profit is a man to gain the whole world and then lose his soul? And it's always been as simple as just bowing the knee and saying, it was me. Lord, I have been prideful. I am a sinner. I have done evil in your sight. Forgive me, Lord. There's a lot of people today that still need to beat their chest, so to speak, like that man in the Bible, beating his chest, crying, forgive me, I'm a sinner. But they don't want to do that. It's easier to stock up bottled water, ammo, guns, and uh, beans and rice, right? Foolish. Reminds me of a bunch of Boy Scouts myself. I mean, it does. It looks like a bunch of Boy Scouts out there building a fort. You're going to build a fort to withstand the book of Revelations. I'm sorry if I'm laughing about that. You know why it makes me laugh? And I guess it shouldn't, but it kind of does. Is because the foolishness of mankind, the foolishness of a man or woman, mankind, okay, to think that they could survive apocalyptical times without God. It's absurd. So that is the word I have for people and and people such as this. The only hope you have is in Christ, okay? It's all going to, your survival, you want to survive this last hour and get through, it's only going to be by the miracle-working, delivering power 
of the Most High God. It's not going to be by your own efforts. How much plainer can it get? So, that's that word. A stubbornness, pride, rebellion will be their downfall. I made a note of that. Uh, You see all these tough guys out there. All pumped up. Been getting pumped up in the gym. Pumped up, you know, all this ammo. All these stores. All this kind of military tactical stuff. They look silly to God. It's not tough. It's not tough. Okay? It's, it's, be, it's, um, they think that they're going to save themselves with their own brawn. So if they didn't put Jesus over their doorpost, if they didn't put the blood of the lamb over their doorpost, if they didn't decide that they were going to live for something bigger and let go of this world, they're going to all go down anyways, either in this life or in the next. So it's time to walk off and leave stubborn people behind. Just like Joshua and Caleb. Now hear this, Joshua and Caleb's out there, okay? If God gave you a word and you have a goal in your mind, he told you he was going to take you to a new land, uh, whether it be literal or figurative, he told you he's got promises. God's got promises over your life, okay? Um, Just because all those around you would not listen and did not want to believe and said the giants were too big in the land, that doesn't mean that you're going to go down with them, okay? Uh... There are people that you are going to have to walk off and you're going to have to leave them behind, so to speak, okay? Doesn't mean you don't love them, but they've chosen to go their way. They've chosen to go their way. Um, Evangelism is dead. I'm just going to go and say that. Oh, Heather, that's not what you should say. Well, there's always going to be souls to be saved in this earth. Just let me say it that way. Always. As long as a person's heart is beating, um, there's always hope, okay? But if you've noticed, a lot of people today have chosen. They have chosen their way. You can't tell them otherwise. They have so uh, disrespected and dishonored the Most High God they have chosen their way and you cannot convince them okay um back in 2020 was when the lord started laying on my heart that the 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 word of the lord okay the encouragement the edification the confirmations the, the even the signs wonders and miracles okay that back in past times okay, would draw in the world, would draw in people. Um, I'm not talking about false lines, signs, and wonders that you see in these these uh, Jezebel churches and those kind of environments and this uh, St. Germain prosperity type weird new age stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the real deal, okay? I'm talking about the gospel being preached, okay? And people coming to the altar. I'm talking about people uh, in positions where they're so sick and they go into to some of these revivals and God touches their bodies and heals them. I've been there. I've seen it myself. Um, amazing things. Amazing things. But those things are turning inward to the saints. Where they are only going to be within the, the, the sainthood 
And if anybody, there might be some stragglers out there that that they would turn their hearts to the Lord, but Jesus isn't going to be laid out as a buffet for these people anymore. They're going to have to go and seek. They're going to have to hunger and thirst, and they will find Jesus um, because the Word tells them that they will. But as far as going out and, and trying to evangelize right now, it's tough stuff. People just don't want God. They don't want Jesus and they don't want the rules. That's what it really is about is the rebellion. They're in rebellion against the basic rules. Okay? They don't want that. They want a do as thou wilt form of law which is from the occult. That they can do whatever they want. They are not afraid of God because they have put him so far out of their mind that in their, in their warped mind, he doesn't even exist so you can do what thou wilt. That's the, that is the motto of Satanism. Do, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. That is how they live today. So, um, anyways, I'm sorry if that's a discouraging, sad word, but I have good word too, so hang in there. Um, talking about this barn guy in Luke. I'm going to read out of there. The barn guy. He was on my heart. And um, I'm going to start right here in Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 16. And I'm starting 15. Take heed, Jesus says this, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast, mit, hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who, who shall those things be which thou hast provided? In other words, all this stuff, he's saying, Thou fool, tonight your soul is required of you. And then who's, who's that stuff going to belong to? Simple as that. Like he didn't get to eat it. He didn't get to partake of it. Because that night, his soul was required of him. Because he put his faith in his stuff. He put his faith in his stores. Mm. And he thought he was so smart, right? And if you notice here, he says... He says, I will say to my soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And, and, there, and then ahead of that, he said, and there will I bestow all my fruits. Um, it's all about himself. And that's all it was about. It wasn't, he didn't mention anyone else. He didn't even mention his own household. Like say, you know, for me and my children. And, and he didn't care about anybody but himself. God doesn't honor selfishness. He doesn't honor that. 
What he does honor is a helpful heart, a giver. It's better to give than to receive. We've heard that, okay? Be willing to do the work of the Lord. In order to do the work of the Lord, you got to hear from God. I'm not going to beat on that. I say it all the time. People argue to this. Oh, we, we can't hear from God today. Well, you can't hear from God. But there are those of us who can hear from God. We know when God is speaking to us. We know what he's telling us to do, okay? But you got to hear from God, and you got to be willing to help others. Help your fellow man. Help your brothers and your sisters in Christ, okay? Amen. Anyway, so Jesus goes on and says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, neither for your body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And um, that's a good, good word for today's uh, today's uh, some of today's thinking. Now I want to read this other barn scripture. It's in Proverbs and Proverbs three fifteen. Now there's see the difference between these two barns. This man over here in Luke twelve. Okay. Um, his barn storage was for himself, okay? And he wasn't led of the Lord, per se. He was just being greedy. That's what he's doing. He's just being greedy. You know, sitting on it like a hen on a nest, you know, just... Um, God can't stand that. He, he cannot stand that. He wants us to put our hope in him. But here there's a different barn. I'm going to read about this barn, Okay? Now, you've heard this before. Maybe you never thought about it. Okay? Trust in... And this is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths, precious one. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So he's telling this us here that your barn will be full. But you've got to walk in the in the righteousness of God. You've got to walk in His will. Hmm. I like that. It's good. It's good stuff. And um, so that's the word I have today. It's about barns. It's about not being selfish. It's not. It's about taking your eyes off of this world and holding on loosely, which adds to my very last thing that I wanted to share. It's actually a personal testimony. Um, I am going to have my son sometime soon in the future get on this podcast with me and and he's going to share his testimony, my oldest son. And I'm very proud of him and I'm very amazed at what God is doing and has done and is continuing to do in his life, okay? Um, My son had an experience recently, a couple of weeks ago. 
and I keep my phone on do not disturb from 10 o'clock at night to 7 o'clock in the morning it's been like that for a long time I woke up at 12 about 12 15 or so at midnight you know and wide awake woke up and um, just kind of sitting there looking around just trying to figure out why I'm so wide awake got up got me something to drink next thing I know my phone rings at 12 18 and I'm like what is my phone even ringing but I grabbed it and I looked and I saw it was my son calling and of course as a mother's heart is thinking what's going on what's wrong I answered the phone I heard it audibly ring and um he was talking so fast I could hardly keep up with him and uh he had had an experience that very night where the Lord was speaking to him and um I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil by telling too much because I want him to share what happened from his perspective. But basically, the Lord began to deal with him and to tell him to rise up and to go down and to move and to come with his mother and his sister to be with us and to build with us and to protect us. (laughs) And the Lord spoke to him and said, go with them and stay with them. And it was very powerful, and um, he told me that he was going to come home and that he was going to help and put his hand to this new work and this new farm, this new place where God is bringing me and my my family, Um, and that he was going to learn with me and figure things out with me, build things with me. So it was really, really emotionally moving experience. Because my son, he has been a city boy. He likes the city. He was raised in the country, but he likes <laughs> he likes the city, all the conveniences of it, and so forth and so on. Um, and really prior to this, has never really showed any interest in moving out, you know, living rural, living that way. Uh, but the Lord has put it on his heart to do so. And I think that's beautiful. But he had experiences that were way beyond this like an encounter with God type of an experience where um, he told me, he said, Mom, he said, Jesus is coming back a lot sooner than even you think, is what he told me. Um, And I could tell the urgency in my son's voice. Um, Just the the passion, the urgency. Um, It was so... Uh, intense it was the intensity of somebody who had been in the presence of the Lord and he, he was telling me that we need to let go of this world and that we need to hang on loosely go ahead and do the things that you're doing in this life the things that the Lord is telling you to do but realize that none of this is going to be here none of it he was very very emphatic about that but again I don't want to spoil the upcoming testimony that I'd like to have him share on the the podcast in in the near future but I do want to share with you that God is moving in big ways in his people's life and don't you doubt it I know he's moving in your life 
some of you reach back out to me sometime when you hear um, one of my podcasts and you tell me things that are going on that the Lord is doing. Um, God is moving in his people's lives. He He will never leave or forsake us, okay? Um, he knows how to keep us safe in this hour where we are literally... Um, surrounded by demon-possessed people, which brings me to another point, and I would like to share with you. Um, I haven't read this book yet, but his, the book is by Jonathan Kahn, who I have a high, uh, great respect for Jonathan Kahn. Um, if you ever studied uh, his revelation, his book, The Harbinger, um, wow, I mean, that had to come from God. It couldn't come from anywhere else. And all of these things have come to pass um, that go look at the nine harbingers, but that was from years ago, okay? Um, uh, He's got a new book out called um, The Return of the Gods, and it's got some really interesting points in it, but I have not read it yet. I have it on order, Um, uh, but basically he's talking about how when, when a culture turns away from the Lord, Okay, it would have been better had they never served God in the first place than to turn away from God because it's like they become demon possessed. The whole culture becomes possessed. Okay, it's the same concept as when somebody is, when a demon is cast out of a person and the house is not filled with the Holy Spirit, that that spirit goes and brings seven more spirits and the state of the last state of that person is even worse than the first. Same kind of concept. Well, guess where we are? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at any news clip or any kind of thing. These crazy things that are going on, even in, in entertainment, all of it. These people, you have to understand, my love, these people are demon-possessed. They are mentally ill because demon mental illness is the same as demon possession. When you cast demons out of people, okay, they become clean. Their minds become clear. They're, they're crying with relief. If you've ever seen somebody um, uh, set free from a demonic spirit, they will just cry and they'll raise their hands up and begin to praise the Lord because they've been set free from the prison <clears throat> of their mind. We are living in the midst of a mentally ill, demon-possessed generation. The only way to survive that... Is by hearing from God, being obedient, walking in righteousness, getting up under the blood covering of Christ, put the blood of Christ over your doorpost, get in the ark, abide there, okay, hallelujah, and throw your hands up in the air, I don't care how much you got stored away in your barns, I don't care how many acres you have, I don't care what you think you have enough of, you can never have enough to save you from the judgment of God if you're not living in His will. Because that's what this whole thing is about in America right now, is the judgment has come over our land. And I'm going to wrap it up with this. It's a word God gave me. 
when the prophets stop warning, okay, and they start speaking judgment, you know it just got real. You know it just got real. That's when it's <laughs> it's hitting the fan. It's not about to hit the fan. It's hitting the fan. And for decades, we saw many wonderful men and men of God warning the people. Great men of God warning the people. Warning, warning, warning. That's what happened in the Old Testament. They warned and they warned and they warned. Until finally, the words that started coming out of their mouth was the actual judgment of God. Okay? That sounds scary. This whole podcast, I don't like it. I don't. It doesn't make me feel happy. Okay? My flesh doesn't like it. Okay? (laughs) It doesn't. But we have to snap out of our delusions as believers that we're just going to just be like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Everything is just... um, You have to snap out of your delusions and, and finally acknowledge and say, no, this is real. Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay, this is real. Am I walking in your will? Am I in the place that you want me to be? A lot of people have been basically fenced in outside the, the will of God in their life because they've been too busy pleasing other people around their lives, whether it be their family, um, even their spouses. I really mostly speak to... Um, I don't want to say I just speak to men. There are there are women out there that love the Lord that their husbands are not serving the Lord. And they've just been focused on, on um, pleasing that man really more than pleasing the Lord. Okay? Um, vice versa with men where they, they're, they're not doing what God, they know they should be doing, okay, because they're trying to please their wife for whatever reason. Um, but we need to seek God and find out what does he want us to do? Are we in the right position? Are we in the right place? Are we there? Because it's coming whether you're ready or not, Okay. It's coming. And um, that's the word is get ready. It's coming. Um, there, came a do- there came a day where Noah stopped preaching to the masses. He stopped preaching to them that they would turn away from their evil and wicked ways. He stopped preaching to them. And there came a day where that big old hand of God shut the door of the ark. And everybody that was floating around out there on a raft or on a tree limb, that wasn't going to save them. I could could go on all day long. I think think that I, um, I think I got my point across. But it is, it is, it is of paramount importance to turn away from your own abilities. Throw your hands up. Surrender. Stop being stubborn. Stubbornness is a sin. Okay? It's akin to witchcraft. Ain't nobody in witchcraft today that's not stubborn. Okay? Doesn't mean that if you're stubborn that you're working in witchcraft. Okay? That's two different things. Okay? 
stubbornness will get you killed. Your pride will get you killed. Rebellion will get you killed. Arrogance. All of these seven deadly sins, my son mentioned that. He talked about the seven deadly sins this last weekend, and I was just astounded uh, how God was speaking through him. I can't wait to introduce him to this podcast here soon. He has a word. I believe it. I, I truly believe that I've raised up a young prophet of God, my son. He was saying things that just were amazing that you could really tell. He had a message and he had a word and he was not going to get off of it. And he was standing confidently on the rock. But all these seven deadly sins, they're not for us to take them into our attitudes in this last hour. You need to let go of them. So if you've put too much pride in your um, preparedness, okay, or if you have put too much pride in your uh, doctrines of men, okay, that you're so confident that your doctrines of men are going to save you, Um, If you have depended on anything to save you other than just simply Jesus, repent of that. Repent and rest. Repent. Turn to the Lord and rest in Him to ride this thing out because this is happening. I'm going to tell you, when my son... And I I will go into more details about that whenever I bring him on the podcast to do his testimony, uh, to share his testimony. Um, When my son um, turns to me and, and looks at me and says, Mom, we have to get ready. He's coming back even sooner than you think. That brings joy to my heart because I've always, all their lives, I've talked to them about Jesus coming back. I've always told them that. I've never deviated from that. There are people out there today that believe that we're gonna believe we're gonna usher in Jesus and that we're gonna take over the world. That's the seven mountain mandate. It's a apostasy. It's not true. Um, but they believe we're gonna usher in Christ by taking over all the world's systems, like the uh, the religious system, the education system, political system, the money system. None of that's true. The word does not even say that. It say nowhere in this Bible. It just doesn't say Christians are gonna overtake the world and then prepare a way, and Jesus is gonna come back. Okay, but there are people that believe that. But these kids of mine, I taught them all their life. Jesus is coming back. One day Jesus is going to come back. One day there's going to be an Antichrist. This book of Revelations is real, you know. Um, um, and they remembered that. They remembered that. And now my, my, uh, my son has had his own unique experience that's only unique to him. And wow, when you hear what he has to say and what he has to talk about, um, it's quite profound. And I'm very, very proud of him. So put your hope in in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. Let go, rest, and look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Walk in obedience. Continue to do all the things that he's called you to do. But hang on loosely, my love, because this world is going to pass away. I hope you got something good out of this. No matter what happens. 
even I heard a saying, I don't know where it came from, even if Jesus comes back tomorrow, go ahead and plant your potatoes today. Okay, go ahead and do what you do and be in joy and be in peace. God bless you and you have yourself a lovely